fantasy and some flights. Exploring the realms of beer, board games, books, and bourbon. Welcome to another Fireside episode with Fantasy and Some Flights. I'm Nelson. I'm Dalton. And today we are talking about stuff that we've been doing. Specifically, I have a lot of travel that I've been talk- doing. I did. I went to a distillery or a couple distilleries and then I went to Gamma. Neat. And so I'm going to talk about those. But neat. Getting a little we're preview. Gonna be, we're giving a little preview. Yeah, yeah it's apparently. weird. I don't know. Usually these... And then you stalled out because you're like, I, I don't know what Dalton's going to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then, and then that, I gave you the cue. You were, then, spo- you were supposed to jump in. Yep. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I wasn't paying attention to Zoom. You gave me like the visual cue. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Marker. Dalton talks. Yep. I have books. You want? I'll hold up your cue card. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I have books to talk about, um, and then we have some games scheduled coming up. That I'm excited to. Oh yeah. You know. I think preview, I think I I'm a part of that. You are. You're a part of at least one. Good. Mm. Excellent. Alrighty. So before that, well, I guess not before that because I did say that we were going to be talking about our. Oh, yeah. flights. flights is a part of what's it, on yeah. what's on your flight my flight so you would be proud of me tonight i am very proud of you already always. already thanks buddy oh man it makes me feel so good um so i am drinking an imperial ipa tonight i love Here's you visual proof that it is in fact happening <laughs> um so this is nice. voodoo ranger from uh, new belgium new belgium first of all um gets distributed all over the place um but they're about like 45 minutes north of where i'm at oh very cool okay. yeah um, so they're like, they're obviously really big around here, but you know, I had great access to them in Indiana as well. So it's kind of cool to like be able to get like, you know, we had a, we had like a, a mix pack from them, um, yesterday that I, that I'm not sure I, it was like more experimental and stuff. And I'm not sure I would have been able to actually get it in Indiana, you know, so like that, that type of thing is cool. Um, they also like of all the IPAs that I've had, I've had the most personally, I've had the most success with new Belgium and I don't know, like specifically like their voodoo ranger line. And I don't know what it is about it if it's but it just to me is more approachable and it doesn't like dry my tongue out <laughs> as much with like bitterness and stuff yeah, yeah. Um, it's a very good line i I've, I've enjoyed all of the different varieties in that line as well yeah so um, but this one's the imperial um this is um something that um, my fiance picked up because she um, knew that i liked voodoo ranger um she doesn't know anything about beer so she didn't know what the word imperial <laughs> meant um, that so means high is, alcohol that's right so it's maybe not one i would have gotten for myself um but you know i'm glad at the end of the day i'm glad she did it's um it's a good beer and um it, it is an imperial ipa but i've also like you know had a taste of like some of your imperial ipas and such before um <laughs> and just been like knocked on my ass by them and be like this <laughs> is terrible like this is absolutely <laughs> awful i hate it and this one's not that way like i would i would say that i i enjoy it you know like it's a good beer um it is nine percent so it's holding up against other imperials in that way um nice but it could also be, it could be heavier, you know, as an Imperial yeah. IPA, it could get heavier than 9%. So I didn't like look up the stats and I didn't look up IBUs or anything. So I don't have that for you. But at the end of the day, like I said, if I can drink it and not feel like it's overly bitter, um, then it has there that you go. Forward, yeah. Right. It has um, potential it, at least. It has the potential, right? It has the maltiness. It has, um, they don't, I think lean too much into like malt. They more lean into like fruit flavors in the Voodoo Ranger line, just in general. Yep. Um, yeah. so it has like a, like yeah, a little bit of multi flavor, mostly like a like a sweet and like a citrus kind of flavors, um, and then the standard like IPA stuff, right? Of like flowery, the hoppy flavors, all that coming through. So it's a good nice. beer, though. It's a good beer. Cool. Do you have a cheers rating for it? I think it'd probably be a two. Like oh. you know, only because 
You're not. I, yeah. I just don't pick you, IPAs, you know, and I, right. I, I wouldn't no, pick yeah, an imperial right. for myself. Um, the fact that it's not a one is <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> a, that's a win. Right? That, that's exactly. a victory. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Nice. Exactly. But I feel like in the beer episode, um, you did bring at least one IPA that I really like. Imperial, I think it was that I really liked. I have to go back and look at that and see which one it was because I don't remember. I don't remember which one you liked. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't remember which one he liked, but I did bring an Imperial IPA. Yeah, I think it was the oh, it was the Dogfish Head one. Oh, I think you're right. I think it was 90 minute. Yeah, 90 or yeah, 90 or 120. One. It of was two. one of the two. It was either 90 yeah. or 120. Yeah, those are those are great. Those are fantastic. Those are good, good beers. Yeah, this one's not as good as those. I think I liked those better. Okay. Yeah, those are also not ones that you can really buy in a 12 pack. So yeah, <laughs> very true. <laughs> If we're talking about price quality, <laughs> but I I have been really impressed with the Voodoo Ranger from New Belgium. Mm-hmm. Just that line, like every single yeah. one, and they probably have six to eight different varieties. Like, yeah, and each one has its own unique spin and is all always very pleasant. I think so. Yeah, for sure. It's Plus always cool a s- safe pick. Yes, epic logo. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. I think safe is a good way to put it. It's not like stretching or reaching or being like too bold in any area it's like this is a good imperial ipa it's not offensive (laughs) it's good yeah yep yeah that's what i'm drinking what's on your uh what's on your flight tonight so as i as i mentioned earlier um well okay so back up let's rewind so me my wife and a couple of friends were planning to go to italy earlier this year and then there was this thing that was going around it was covid or something mm-hmm. that uh, was we uh we we decided not to go to italy mm-hmm. in the middle of a pandemic and so instead we met up in kentucky so that that Much was a safer. trade-off <laughs> that yes yeah the less people yeah um, more spread out but <laughs> it, it was kind of in the middle right so we yeah. met up in the middle and while we were there we ended up going and visiting and touring a couple of distilleries which was kind of fun but oh, very cool they we did some tastings there i can attest to everything that dalton has said on this podcast has been true because uh, <laughs> they told you like <laughs> rules and stuff and i was right is that yeah. what you're saying <laughs> yeah yeah so nice <laughs> i was like i know someone who knows that it was <laughs> they're like does anyone know what bottle and bond means i was like I know someone who does, <laughs> but, but I mean, it, it was really interesting. We went to three in total. Okay. We were there for, I mean, we were together for a while and we probably could have gone to more, but it was kind of like a last minute trip. And so we didn't get to, mm-hmm. there, there weren't that many tours left. So gotcha. we went to Heaven Hill. So that oh, was sweet. the biggest one that we went to. That's so exciting. Heaven Hill, and I'm drinking something from Heaven Hill tonight. So Ooh. I'll get in that t- here in a second. Then we went to Lux Row. Which okay. I think you've had something from Luxro before on the I podcast. I don't know. Um, I maybe else. not. That one was the coolest tour. So they took us into a Rick house. They took us and showed us the actual like distilling of everything and walked us through the plant, which was pretty cool. Mm. I'm, I'm looking up their line to see if I like recognize. I think I've had Rebel. Um, okay. I think. But the other ones I don't I don't quite recognize. So yeah, but anyway. it, thinking about it in perspective, it was a small distillery. Okay. Um, especially compared to Heaven Hill, which is like we have 1.9 million barrels of whiskey. (laughs) Like that's a lot of barrels of whiskey. Yeah. And then the last one we went to was Willet. Oh, sweet. I know you've had. Yeah, I know that they're the ones who did Old Bardstown, which we did not like. But (laughs) 
they also have the one with the cool bottle. Yeah, they have Willet in the cool like genie. Oh yeah, Willet. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how I can't remember that one. But <laughs> so those were the three. We did like one oh, tour. So the fun. others were basically just tastings. I'm actually drinking from the Willet glass. This is actually why we picked Willet. We got a cool glass with it. Oh, you did. That's a neat yeah. little glass. It is a neat little glass. The glass in the gift shop was ten dollars. The tasting was twelve dollars, and it came with the glass. So. There you go. That was nice. <laughs> they, so, they also figured so if I, they get you to taste something, you might buy something. So yeah, and, and smart. we we didn't actually at that one. That was the last one that we went to, and my mm. wife is not a huge bourbon fan. And by the end, she's like, "I can't do bourbon anymore right now." Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> she tasted like twenty of them. Like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So we went to Willet. This was kind of fun. They had we like went into the room to do the tasting, and they had ten whiskeys on the bar nice. i was like i am not driving after this i am sorry <laughs> but they had like three categories and you picked one from each category and then you had will it like their their flagship yeah, yeah, yeah. and so i was like oh yeah that's significantly more like reasonable for twelve dollars yeah. <laughs> like i'm cool i'm getting shit faced that's gonna be fun oh, so man. anyways <laughs> no but it, it was good but yeah going back heaven hill was the big one that's elijah craig the sponsor of this podcast which we sh- probably should stop joking about that. Anyways. Yeah. But- <laughs> I don't know if we could legally say that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. We, the, we would like to be a sponsor of this podcast. The- right. If we could choose. <laughs> if we had our choice yeah. of whiskeys, it would be Elijah um, Craig. So at Heaven's Hill, we did a tasting there, which I think there were five whiskeys that we tasted. Mm. And only two of them were for sale. Like, I don't know why you would do that. <laughs> like, why? That's cruel. Yeah, it's like this one's really good. You cannot find it anywhere, but it's good. Like, why? Why would you? Why? But I mean, like one of them that we really liked was the Elijah Craig Toasted Barrel, which oh, was okay. Yeah, it, it was. It was really good. I it wasn't my favorite, mm-hmm. but like my wife really liked it, which was kind of surprising. Hmm. And then we went to a liquor store because was it like they a little sweet. Had it. It was. It was like smoky. Yeah. Like it, it tasted like a little bit smokier. Cool. But I think it retails for like 60 to 70 or something. And okay. we went to a liquor store that said that they might have it. And they walked in and like, how much is it? It's like 140 It's like, we're not paying 140 for no <laughs> <laughs> But one of the whiskeys that was for sale is what I'm having tonight. It's Henry McKenna 10-year bottled okay. in bond, which we know what that means. <laughs> uh, at least I know someone who knows what that means. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But... I do know that bottled and bond it has to be a hundred proof, so it's a hundred proof whiskey. Yep, it is pretty sweet. I I like it. It's like sweet, but it has like a little bit of a kick. Tear there's towards okay. the end, like it's slightly spicy, but it's really good. I'm really excited for you to try it because I want someone who actually knows what they're talking about to try it and see if they <laughs> like it as well. <laughs> it is one of those but. fun things we've talked about before, like. I enjoy like doing my own taste of a whiskey and then like looking up other tastings and having things explained to you. Cause then you're like, Oh, like I can, they're saying this has, you know, apple pie crust in it or whatever. And it's like, oh, now that somebody's <laughs> right. like said that I can, I can find it and I can taste it, you know? And that's, that's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, that, that's what this is. This is probably a three cheers because I don't know if I'd buy it again because mm. it was not the cheapest thing that I've ever bought in my life. Yep. And it's nice to have, it's on the shelf. as kind of like this, a, a you know, celebration yeah. whiskey yeah. for us so so that, that's what we're having tonight Henry i feel like McKinney. i've had mckinney like i feel like i've tasted it i don't think i've ever bought a bottle of it but i feel like okay. i had it like a bar or something i don't think it was that one i don't think it was like the the 10-year bottle and bond but like a different tier of it maybe yeah i don't remember i could be completely wrong on this but we 
since we're not known for our factual basis, I think Henry McKenna is one of the master distillers there. And Evan Hill has had multiple master distillers over the course of their tenure. Mm-hmm. And each one of them kind of has their flagship, like Elijah Craig or Henry McKenna or gotcha. the other ones that I don't remember right now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. There's like the... Um, uh, I, I know there's another one that's a name that I can't remember. It's like... It's something... T stag or something. Now it's gonna bother me, so I gotta I gotta look it up. <laughs> I mean, There's Hill. uh they have Pikesville, which we've had. They do have Pikesville Rye, yeah. Oh, uh, what's my age? I don't know. January nineteen ninety. <laughs> so my... actually really funny. I went to their website. If you put in something that is not twenty one years of old, it like redirects you to like the drink responsibly page or something. <laughs> 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 I'm like, yeah, oops. They do have Larceny. Oh. We we Larceny. Yeah. We haven't talked about yeah. Larceny in a little while. So but. Yeah, that the name behind Larceny is that it's it was so good that like people wanted to break in mm. to taste it. Gotcha. Yeah, because Larceny, at least one of them's bottled in bond, which means that it has to be under lock and key basically. But the person, the government official that would monitor it would break in and taste <laughs> it. <laughs> so that's why it's Larceny. Nice. But, that's a fun story. <laughs> Oh yeah, so drinking Henry McKenna, that, that's it. what's on my flight. That's cool. I'm, I'm obviously jealous of your trip. Um, we'll this do is it again. As much as I love bourbon that I haven't done, I haven't done just Kentucky. I haven't done Kentucky, you know. You need a whole yeah. two weeks to do it, and I haven't done it. I do think that we need to do a mobile trip and, like, live podcast along the way. Oh, yeah. And just, like... For like a week and just do so the fun. entire well maybe not the entire do a lot of the bourbon trail right <laughs> I feel like the entire bourbon trail would just kill us anyways yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no we'll we'll have to do it i feel like it's definitely something that i get a lot out of as i practice it right like i i enjoy it like the more that i build into it as a skill the more i get out of it the more i enjoy it um, but for me it's definitely something that needs to be kept like practiced you know like i've i've felt in the last couple months as i haven't for like First of all, getting married this year. So there's a financial driver to not buy as much whiskey. Um, but also, or like, there's a financial driver to buy more whiskey. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Luckily, I'm in the first category. <laughs> yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> um, but the, uh, but then the other part is like I, I've said before, I've been a little discouraged just by like some of the tastings that I've done here and, and not had, not enjoyed so much like Colorado distilleries as much as like Colorado beer. And so I've been, yeah, you know, doing like, picking up local beer more than picking up local whiskey just because the beer here is like really, really good, you know? Yeah. Um, even just mentioning again, like we we're talking about new Belgium and Breckenridge and like, there's a, there's several really big, um, left hand, you know, like nationally distributed breweries that are within like 45 minutes for me. And so they're fun. It's fun to like try it, but it means that like my yeah. tasting, you know, my whiskey palate is, uh, <laughs> it's a dull skill a little bit, you know, like it's something mm-hmm. I got to like sharpen back up. So I would enjoy a trip like that just to like spend some like dedicated time. Cause that's the other thing is like when I taste whiskeys, I usually taste one, you know, like I'm right. Every once in a while you go somewhere, you get a flight and you can like taste, you know, three or four or whatever. But, um, for the most part, I'm buying a bottle and then like tasting that bottle and be like, Oh, here's what yep. I think about it. And then I do it again, like a week or two later, I like taste a new <laughs> whiskey, you know? Um, so yeah. to like spend a week and taste like 20 or 30 or whatever, over the course of multiple distilleries, that would just be like super fun as like an exercise in trying to get like, build into the skill a little more you know okay you you convinced me let's do it (laughs) (laughs) it it was really interesting it was really cool to like see it 
all being made, right? I mean, it's sure. straight as science. Like, I'm sure there's some massive Excel sheet somewhere. Yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> that just runs Heaven Hills Distillery. But yeah, it it was it was just really cool. And then I, it was nice to try and try the different types and mm-hmm. figure out what I like and what I don't necessarily love. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely. Cool. Well, I'm glad you had a good time, man. Yeah. All right. So what have you been reading or playing? Whichever one you want to start with. Ooh. Um, Let's let's start with board games. Because I'll probably ramble for a while. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Sounds good. It's all right. That's what they come here for. So (laughs) I'm just hearing your ramblings. (laughs) Um, So games first. Um, First of all, we do have our TI game, Twilight Imperium game schedule that we had talked about. Our kind of like new players game, our noobs game. Um, So I bring it up here um, because we are scheduled currently for May 14th. 2022 not to date the podcast but you know that's <laughs> may 14th 2022 yep. that's exactly the date that we're scheduled for we currently have like either five or six players there's one player who is kind of iffy we need to get a little closer to determine availability but the game can go to eight with the expansion so i think that would be a lot of fun um be pretty awesome and, and so i say that because if you're listening to this and you're and it's relatively close to the day that this comes out <laughs> um then hop on the discord and let us know um we would love to have people join um if it's after that date um then i would love to do this again yeah. i haven't done it yet but i anticipate having a lot of fun so we have <laughs> um currently like i said five or six players um it'll work either way um, because in the expansion they released like the hyper lanes and it's a way to fix the fact that five player normally doesn't work um, and we've actually played with it and t- tested it and it, it works totally, totally fine. So that's awesome. I love that type of expansion. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's great. It's neat too. Cause like, you know, the board is a hexagon. So that's why five player doesn't work, um, without these is cause like, there's no way to evenly distribute five players on a hexagon. Um, so you can do four or you can do six, um, but you can't do five. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so then what they did is they made these hyperlanes and they basically like link, um, if you like split a hexagon into six, sort of pie slices and put a player in each one of them, there would be one left over in a five player game. Um, and it basically just like makes ties to kind of like stitch across the edge of that pie slice. That's like missing. Um, so gotcha. that the, the two that's players cool. that are on either side of that pie slice kind of skip it and, and they kind of become neighbors. Mm. So nice. That's cool. Yeah. Visually it's a little bit like it takes a second. It kind of trips your mind out to be like, we're next to each other, even though like it looks like you're like way over there. Like, <laughs> right. um, but I, I think you adjust to it pretty quickly, but nice. So anyways, so we have those, and then we have three coaches. So we have myself, um, and then my my friends, Nick and John, both of who um, I've played with since high school and are both very good and have won multiple games. And um, so we'll kind of, like, split up and get one or two players each to kind of coach, depending on, like, you know, the coaching needs. Um, and I'm just looking forward to that as, like, an experience. It's, it's not something I've ever done. You know, we've done coaching while playing a game, you know, um, but I've never been, like, totally dedicated I've been like bringing people through different games, but I've never been like totally dedicated to just like helping someone, first of all, accomplish what they want to accomplish. And then also like having kind of like the strategy talks of like what they might want to be accomplishing. Um, yeah. So I think it's going to be like a fun challenge for me individually yeah. just to like learn that skill, like execute that skill of coaching um, and not playing the game for them, you know? Yeah. No, I, I'm really excited for it. I think that, one of the things that is intimidating in playing TI is playing against experienced players because it is a game that rewards multiple plays. Yeah. Like pretty significantly. And so having that kind of concern be mitigated with people that are also new to the game mm-hmm. and then having the coach so we can ask questions. And even like sometimes when you ask a rule question, it can give away strategic 
plans, right? Yes. Yeah. And so, so just having a, a neutral party to ask those questions, I'm really looking forward to. So, yeah, for sure, I, I I plan on where I think we're going to be able to actually meet in person the weekend before. So I plan on getting all the strategic advice then. There you and go. Then come in as a veteran player that played two <laughs> games of TI. So. <laughs> That's right. And also recorded a podcast about TI. Yeah, to, yeah, I was episode, like to so. be fair, I do have a podcast that is strategic advice for TI players. Yes. I spent so. a lot of time on those show notes. <laughs> 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 so, if you don't have time to listen, you can go read up for 10 minutes. Yes. Yeah. Try I'm to, to take those down. <laughs> I'm going to make those private so only I can see them. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> this is what admin get, rights gives me. That's Anyways. right. <laughs> No, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a too. blast. Me too. I think it'll be a blast. So yeah, we got that coming up. Um, and then also I have I have a game of Axis and Allies scheduled. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's the been a A&A. long time since I've played nice. ANA. Um, ANA was on my original top five, I think. Mm, yep. I remember that. Yeah. And I believe it's dropped off mainly because like I don't play it very much. And that's mostly like an access thing, you know? Like we just... It's not a game that within our friend group a lot of people really enjoy. And so, like, um, it's one that I enjoy, but, like, can't necessarily find people to play with. But I've kind of hit, like, a... Just, like, stumbled into, like, some YouTubers and some and some streaming folks. And, I mean, people stream anything nowadays. And turns out, sure enough, there's a bunch of people that stream Axis and Allies online. And so I've just, like, gotten into watching it and learning more, like, in-depth strategies. Nice. And kind of, like, yeah. gone down this rabbit hole <laughs> a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, like games like chess, like there are openings in Axis and Allies because the game starts the same way set up every time. But there's there are the like there's luck involved, right? Because there's battles. And so there's like, okay, so Russia will like buy this and they will like make this battle first. And depending on how they do, they may like push this battle or they may like withdraw from it. Either way, they'll declare it. But they, you know, um, yeah, like based on how that goes, like Germany might do these this thing or this thing. And then when it gets to like the U.S.'s turn, they like kind of declare like whether they're going to try and kill Japan first or kill Germany first. So everybody's <laughs> watching the U.S. player, you know. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times these are done one on one, like an Axis player versus an Allied oh, player. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which like mind blown, you know, to try and like. Manage. I had a hard time playing one country. I know, and they manage so... like, and you see these guys, and they're just clicking all the way through everything, and it's like, dude, how are you keeping all that straight, man? <laughs> oh, that's, that's insane. Nuts. They do have a lot of like fatigue, I think, saved on them from just like kind of automating the battles, you know, like the yeah on when they're playing online, it just it automates the roles for them. They just kind of determine if they're gonna pursue keep the battle going. or not, yeah. you know, keep going or yeah. not. And, um, a lot of fatigue, I think, taken out of that. And but they're still like, you know, when they're moving things around, it has all the arrows, and it just looks like this absolute rat's nest. Of, <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> it looks just like gnarly. I do gnarly. not know what is happening. Exactly, all these arrows pointing everywhere. It's like, where is everything going? Um, but so so are you playing online or are you playing in person are you playing yeah i'll play online first? um with our with our friend brady nice and we're mostly like i think looking to get on and just kind of um just kind of mess around a little bit with it like not play like a super serious game but like try one or two kind of like obscure strategies and just kind of like see how they play out for the first couple rounds um, nice so you're doing a one-on-one yeah yeah we'll do a one-on-one oh, cool so Exactly what we just talked about being very complicated. Yeah, I'm going to try it. But I think also, like, it will probably play a little bit more open just because we're yeah. basically, like, using it as an excuse to be like, well, what happens if Germany builds, like, an aircraft carrier in the Mediterranean? Like, is that a viable <laughs> strategy? Or is that, like, dumb? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Stuff like that. And then we've talked about, like, they do also, in addition to, like, one-on-one, they do have, like, doubles tournaments. And he and I have talked about, like, getting involved in that. Nice. 
I think we'd be good at it. Brady is excessively good at math. And so <laughs> he can run all of those like stats really quickly in his head. Yeah. Um, oh, that'd he, be so cool. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun. He's admitted. He's like, I am really good at like the main thing. I'm terrible at like remembering all the small things. And it's hard with like nations like um, UK in Axis and Allies has units like all over the board. Like they have uk units but then they have like units in africa they have units in india they have units way down in like australia and it's like super hard to remember just like you have to look at the whole map um <laughs> right and like that's something i think i'm a little bit better at um so it's so it reminds me of ender's game other. right it's like there's yeah like, you each have yeah. your skill sets you know oh that's cool that's um, really fun and so i think i think we would be good at it um right now we're just going to kind of like mess around with it and see if it's something we want to do because neither of us have a ton of <laughs> free time <laughs> um especially right. me this year uh, but if we got there, you know, I think it would be a fun, a fun thing to do with a friend kind of thing. So yeah, it's going to start with awesome. us messing around with Axis and Allies on Thursday and then we'll see where it goes from there. But I bring it up because again, if you um, have an interest in the game, either from describing it, I guess real quick, it's obviously it's a World War II like simulator game. It's a dudes on a map game. I like it because it's co-op competitive, right? So you can do what I'm talking about where you can have two players on a team um, who are controlling different of members of the Axis or the Allied powers or whatever. And then you're fighting another team and so it feels like a fight but also like a co-op game which is kind of fun um, yeah so if it's interesting to you then hop on discord and let us know because we would we would love to have others to play with nice yeah that, that'd be awesome yeah. i'm excited for your streaming debut for access and allies <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like uh <laughs> hey <laughs> here i am losing this game <laughs> Nice. Well, that's super exciting. Yeah, yeah I, I I've played A and A twice. Okay. Maybe I don't know. It's a game that requires a lot more work than I want to put into it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is a really fun game, but I think the only time I would ever have fun with it is if I'm playing with other beginners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that maybe we could do another one of these games like TI four where you have coaches. Mm for mm-hmm. ANA, right? Like cuz it's just it is another one of those games that require or that rewards repeat plays. For sure. Like I I enjoy hearing about the games. I enjoy watching the games. Whenever I play, I feel like I'm just being told what to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's also like it's an older style game and it has problems yeah. of older yeah. style games. It has a ton of downtime and it it has like a really unclear end condition right like yeah it's when the it's when one team forfeits right basically is what it works (laughs) out to like um you can like play by victory cities and if you get so many victory cities on the map then like you win and and there are that that can work and i think at the high level play that is like what they play based on Um, but still in like a maybe not a majority but in a significant number of games it's played to resignation instead where people are like you will probably (laughs) win at this point and like let's not play it out you know and it's just like a bad design (laughs) (laughs) just to be like because it's so like um it's a battle of attrition for like yeah in in so many games it boils down to just a battle of attrition and it's like i can win because i have like a five to ten percent income advantage on you and so I will win yeah. eventually. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to be fun for either of us in the meantime. <laughs> yep. The game is over when someone flips the table. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, it definitely I, has yeah. its uh, disadvantages there. But. Mm-hmm. but I mean, it's a really cool game. It, yeah, I do sweet. like, and maybe our dudes on the map are co-op where we, we both enjoy the type of games where it's a competitive cooperative game where mm-hmm. it's like a you have you have teens basically yeah so dune kind of has this but you can backstab people which is kind of fun but yeah where where mechanically they're set up to be on the same team 
and th- those games are I think are always very interesting and fun. Yeah, I would so, love to see more in that genre. Um, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. But there's not a lot of them, and I, it must just be hard, either hard to balance or hard to con- hard to design, hard to have a concept for. I think um, it's also hard to market. Yeah, right? it's like you need four people to play this game, and you cannot do it with less. Or right, okay, right, yeah, Captain Sonar I mean, was that's kind a hard of that sell. way. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're like it's just a really cool game. It's I would really never cool. buy it. Yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. I, I am super excited when someone brings it over. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, but like, you need eight people, or else it's not very right. interesting. You know, um, and they right, also have exactly. a feeling of like, are you going to let the team down? You know, um, that's yeah. worse than Captain Sonar because there's like time limits and requirements and stuff. I think less so in Access and Allies because it's like you are taking your turn. And everybody's waiting for you, so your team can like actively <laughs> input on it. Um, so no you're like pressure. not going to like just totally screw something up. Oh, well, I will, but. i like that i liked how we played it one of the times that i you were at the table i don't think that we were playing together okay on the same team but where we would take turns with the other team away from the table and so it helped me a lot as a new player to be able to openly discuss strategy at that point Mm -hmm. but it did make the game very long yeah that made the game a Uh, lot longer (laughs) (laughs) so it was fun it was fun it it took all day (laughs) and like i think it would be a lot better in like the residence that i'm set up in now where we could actually like do something but pretty Mm -hmm. much we closed the other team off in a small like closet of a room yeah like hey hang up (laughs) hang out up there there's really nothing you can do and sorry that it's so small but yeah yeah this is the game that we've joked about like we've set up other games while playing yeah (laughs) you know like we've had like small world set up in like a different table so you can like go take your turn in small world like while while playing this game they announced today that small world is now available for print and play huh yeah so random fact of the podcast you can now pnp small world and small world underground so if that hmm. is any has any appeal to you, fire up that work printer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Lock down the office yeah. printer for ten minutes and <laughs> arrive ten minutes early. That's work, right. And <laughs> that's cool. That's cool. Good yeah. for them. Okay. Last thing I wanted to talk about is I have switched to books real quick. You okay to switch yeah, to okay. books? Yeah. Yeah. Pull the hard left, squeal the tires, drift <laughs> around the corner. Here we are in books. I started into the Dresden Files. Okay. Do you know anything about Dresden Files? Aren't they long? The books are relatively short. The series is very long, like 17 or 18 <laughs> yeah, yeah, books, yeah, I yeah. think. But they're pretty consumable. They're like 200, 300 pages. Or uh, I shouldn't say they. The first book that I have read, <laughs> the only one I have read, is like two or 300 pages. And it's They're exponential like, after that. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> All series are. Um, but it's a fun concept. There's also There was a TV show for this. I've never watched it. Um, I've heard like mixed things about it, but um because i think it got canceled i don't i don't think it's still going but there was a tv show um the concept is that um harry dresden is a detective in um chicago for all things magical so he is a wizard oh cool um and it's like on his you know door harry dresden wizard or whatever Um, (laughs) and he is sort of like i guess out in the open about like magic where like most other people aren't and it seems like there isn't like a law that he has to be but it's just kind of like culturally that people don't do that. And so for the most part, he runs into people being like, magic isn't real or whatever. And then he like has people who are like, Hey, like my fiance or whatever was murdered by having their chest exploded. And I don't think that, you know, it's a bad day, a modern thing. So I'm here to talk to you about it or whatever. Um, Gotcha. And so he ends up being, he's like a private investigator basically. 
Um, and he also like partners with the police department who like runs into, you know, strange murders or whatever. And, and there are just times where they like, they ask for his help as a private investigator. What, um, so that's what kind like of the time period is it? It's modern day. So it like, okay. okay. It's modern day and was written in like early two thousands. So that's kind okay. of the time period okay, cool. of it. Um, like, I don't think he has a cell phone. Okay. If that helps, you know, date. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> date. Where uh, it's got it. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the a Gushers it's a commercials were on TV. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gushers commercials, Tamaguchis, you know. Yes. All yes. that good stuff. I think it's a really neat concept. Like it was described yeah, to me and I was really like, cool. I feel like I would like this as a, you know, as, as a setting for a book, um, for a series. And so I'm finishing up the first one. It moves fast. Like <laughs> this book is constantly in motion. It is like very exciting to read. Well, that's fun in like a good way, and it has it's it is like he's a detective, so it has like some sort of like like mystery or like whodunit type of element to it, you know, because he's like trying to go through and like solve the mystery or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it is fanciful because like he is a wizard, and, and he like it like starts to get into like the magic system a little bit, um, and like how it works and like what he's able to do, and so he's like kind of assisting himself with problems. I would say like using like some Got of his it. like okay. magical yeah. abilities and stuff. And, and he's a, like a little bit of a roguish character. Like it, it seems like there's a, first of all, it's just like his personality, like the way that he interacts with the police, the police department and that sort of thing. You kind of get that feeling. Um, but then also just the way that he interacts with the rest of the magical community, you kind of, it kind of like perpetuates that, that he's kind of like a loner or like a lone wolf type of character. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, but he's a bit dorky. Like he has a, like a funny sense of humor. There's some other like characters that would be like difficult to describe without like, I think maybe spoiling some things, but um, some magical type characters that are um, that are funny in concept and like enjoyable in the book. So it has a good mix of like of like lighthearted, like you know, kind of comedic relief, and then like this really heavy packed action, and then like things slow down as he like tries to solve a mystery, and then things like pick up again. So just like the pacing of the book um, in the first one, I've really enjoyed. So that sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's pretty. Like, neat. I, I love mystery books, and so yeah. I may I may have to check it out, especially if it's you know bite size, right? I mean, it sounds like it's something that's pretty easy to pick up and get a feel for relatively quickly and yeah. figure out if it's something you want to pursue yeah yeah i think i've like well i've finished this book this week like within a, like within a week you know yeah maybe a week and a half kind of thing okay cool so. yeah I, i'll see if i can the local library has that right yeah and it's funny to recommend something that came out like 20 years ago or whatever <laughs> um be like look i found this new book like it's not a new book this is like a 17 book <laughs> series that lots of people have read um so i'm definitely not like on the tip of the iceberg here you know like that's not the right saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the cutting so, edge. So, That's the. <laughs> so in in the in the two series that you're currently reading, you have about thirty unread books. That's right. So <laughs> so, so there is that. That's gonna be fun. I know. I've thought about that. I was like, should I really start this? Like, I'm in another. Because um, I like I'm maybe three quarters of the way through the fourth book in Wheel of Time. Um, and it's really good. I think it's my favorite book so far in the series. Like the first one might be my favorite. But, okay, good. Um, yeah. The fourth book is like really, really good. Um, I'm like very much enjoying it. And someone was like, you know, you're less than like 25% of the way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. You know? And that math doesn't oh, very I cool. think, quite work out because it's like 14 books. But I don't know. You have to get into decimals and fractions. I'm part way uh, through the fourth. So Not forget that. that. Just except the joke that I'm roughly 25% of the way through. And it's like, man, that is discouraging though. Like, I, yeah. I want to read yeah. 75% more, you know, plus I'm going to yeah. run out of content for my, you know, dutiful listeners. I'm just going to have like three years of like, Oh, I'm still reading 
Wheel of Time I, in Dresden. <laughs> I can't say anything because it would spoil it all. But. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, I read book 15 of Expeditionary Force. <laughs> <laughs> Skippy is still up to no good. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh, man, that's fun. All right. So before we hop into Gamma, I, I have a couple book things that you talking made me think about. Yeah. But we have to, I mean, give a shout out to our boy, Brandon Sanderson, for demolishing the kickstarter funding record with yeah. almost 42 million dollars yeah which Absolutely is insane. incredible like i i love that that happened i mean that that's awesome I'm, I'm really excited for him i got the hardback books coming and so that's fun i didn't Exciting. go with the i didn't go with the mystery boxes but we'll see yeah. if that remains constant once the backer kit comes out but awesome job to brandon sanderson the clear, clear winner of mm-hmm. Kickstarter. The <laughs> <laughs> you did it. You won Kickstarter. <laughs> you 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 won Kickstarter. C- congratulations. One of the things that it's I was that really 7% excited inflation, about. inflation, though. You know, you got to take that yeah. into account. <laughs> I, oh, yeah. So, Frost Haven is just right behind it, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so, he put out a video that was, like, super dramatic where he's, like, walking along the ocean I, did you see this video by any chance? I don't know. I saw it, that it came funny. out. I, I didn't actually click yeah. it. But. So he was just like, you know, what What can I surprise? I can't do anything to surprise people anymore. Everyone's always going to be looking for the next surprise. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I'm not going to ever be able to surprise anybody. And so maybe the biggest surprise is to never s- surprise anyone ever again. And then, like, it's like, you know, a two-minute long kind of monologue of him talking like this. And, I mean, he's very articulate, right? Mm-hmm. And then he's like, nah. Anyways, here's the prologue to Stormlight 5 and just drops Stormlight 5 prologue. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and then like, I think it was a couple of days later, he put out a video of him narrating Stormlight 5 or oh, the prologue. That's so and cool. And without spoiling anything, the prologue to Stormlight 5, I love. It was awesome. It's the same scene from the prologue of Stormlight 1, mm. um, which is where uh, Seth assassinates the king mm-hmm. uh Dal- or not dalinar gavilar mm-hmm. but it's told from gavilar's perspective oh very cool yeah yeah so this is your favorite it, way to tell uh, stories right is to tell uh, it really <laughs> is distinct story I, from another character's perspective yeah it was great i mean i i it it was one of those where i just like listened to the entire hour just straight because it opens up so much and there are things that were revealed in rhythm mm-hmm. of war the fourth book that you know, he could not have written this prologue from Gavilar's perspective without reading Rhythm of War first. So you can't just read it mm-hmm. because it spoils Rhythm of War, which gotcha. is super fun and super exciting. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's just the way that everything's tying together is uh, it's super satisfying. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. But. That's awesome. And it's such a, such a ballsy move on his part to just like lock it in, you <laughs> yep. know, like it's like, yep. I mean, I, I, if he came out and was like, Hey, I changed some things. Like I'm sure people that's, you know, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. It's yeah, basically yeah. a preview or, you know, right. But still like major concepts and stuff like he's locked in. You can't change it now. Right. It's out yeah. there. It's yeah. canon. It's canon. Dude, I want to be at a point in my life sometime where I can create a canon where when I say something, people <laughs> are like, that's true now. That's like. right. Yeah. Not only, yeah, it's not only creating a canon, but it's also having people give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, exactly. Oh man. I need to use that line. Sorry. I need to use that line in like in like role playing games. You know? <laughs> Just like anytime yeah. the like the DM or GM or whatever like says something, you're like, it's canon. 
<laughs> it's canon. I, it's canon now. And that's why I GM, everyone. Anyways, so I want to be cognizant of our time because yep. we typically try and keep these a little short, but I do want to talk about Gamma. Yeah. So Gamma is the game in, or, okay, so it's the Gamma Expo. Gamma is a game manufacturing association, which is the professional group that puts on the Expo as well as Origins, which is a consumer facing convention that mm-hmm. is held in June okay. uh, every year in Ohio. So the Gamma Expo we talked on our last podcast is something that we were invited to as media to represent fantasy and some flights to, to cover the expo, the, the event. Yeah. And so if you've been following us on social media, you've probably seen a lot of stuff that happened, but mm-hmm. I want to talk about it on the podcast. Also, we did a lot of videos under the board Vengers account. So if you're not following that, go check that out. We did a couple of live streams playing some newer games and, you know, uh, kind of talking about some of the games that we were seeing. So a lot of that's there. So I'm not going to necessarily recap everything that we've already talked about there. If you want to know more, go find that. But it was incredible. I, I would say from a media perspective, it was really interesting to see this side of the industry where mm. all of the conferences and conventions I've been to before have been consumer facing, right? It's you go up and you're going to buy something from mm-hmm. a booth, mm-hmm. whereas the majority of booths at this conference or expo did not even have things for sale. Mm, right yeah. like that that was not the reason that they were there they were there to build professional connections build connections with retailers mm-hmm. designers to retailers designers to publishers publishers to retailers so that you know they could distribute their games and you know make the professional connections to better the board gaming industry mm-hmm. and so that was just really cool to see it was really cool because there were so many people that i've met online and like designers of games and uh, you know, people that work at these publishing companies that I got to actually like talk to and interact with and mm-hmm. understand like what they're doing next and everything. And so, yeah. so that was really cool. It was nice because it was a smaller convention as well. Like the other two that I've been to are Gen Con and PAX Uni- University, PAX uh, <laughs> Unplugged, <laughs> yeah, PAX Unplugged, which are very large conventions. This one was significantly smaller. And if you're looking for that vibe, I would suggest Origins because it seems that that is what it's going to kind of feel like. Yeah, so, I've only ever heard or, good things about Origins. Yeah, and so I will be at Origins, so if you want to go, say hi to me when, when you're there. But but it, it was really cool. They had, this was the first year that they invited media to the expo. Oh, interesting. And so they knocked it out of the park. I mean, like, they, they did a great job facilitating us as being there. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they had first look room where we could go. They had publishers set up games that are coming out or are newly, newly released. Mm-hmm. So we could go try them. We could take pictures. We could, you know, interact and get the feel for them. Sure. And so there's a lot of games that have been on Instagram, and you'll see coming soon. Mm-hmm. Don't want to spoil too much um, <laughs> covering that. Then they had a like a media speed dating thing, which was kind of cool, where we got to you know talk to a different, bunch of different publishers and designers. Mm-hmm. But it it was just a fantastic event. Um, I, I want to run through some of the highlights. Yeah, definitely. I've been if, I've been so you, like looking forward to hearing about this one. So <laughs> okay, good. I'm hearing it for the um, first time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I know that there are people that aren't on Instagram, which is primarily where we're promoting this but yeah yep. so i did get to meet with a ton of people media folk and so there were people that i had met before and then there were new faces or i guess new in-person faces that <laughs> got to interact with yep. but 
It was also very much a conference, not necessarily a convention. Okay. In the sense that there were like professional development seminars and things that we were able to attend Mm -hmm. where like we, we went to a talk on imposter syndrome. And so that, that was just very fun. It was geared towards retailers, but sitting there as media, it was just like, well, I, yeah, like this, this connects with me. Yeah. And so it, it was like, there are a couple other ones on like, you know, how, how can the retailer industry make short form video like TikToks or YouTube shorts or something like that to connect mm-hmm. with their audience. And so it was really cool to see professionals who do it for a living mm-hmm. talking about, you know, how do I use TikTok to get people into my store? Mm-hmm. And, and so it was really interesting to see that kind of side of it. Yeah. There, there are two games. Actually, no, there are way more games. There, Okay. There are three games that I want to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I've compromised on three. So. <laughs> no. It's too much. Let me sum up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the first one that I want to talk about, we have a live stream on the Board Ventures YouTube channel, and it's for Explore and Write. Or I'm sorry, Explore and Draw, which is Frank West Design, who did Isle of Cats. Okay. So I, do you know anything about Isle of Cats? Nope. Okay. So Isle of Cats is a game where you're um, drafting cats that are in a polynomial shape and you're trying to fit them onto your boat so that you can rescue the most cats from the island okay and i didn't think that i would want to play it but after playing this one i definitely want to play isle of cats <laughs> but explore and draw is the basically a flip and write version of isle of cats okay and so it is now out so you can go purchase it but we got to play it with the designer well he was kind of there coaching us mm-hmm. it was a really like it was just really cool like you had like these special powers and you could draft cats to fill up your ship and then there were also cards that you could draft that changed how you scored Mm. and so you wanted to fill up your ships and cover all your negative victory points in your ships and if you filled up rooms you got bonus points and all of that kind of stuff but then there were like okay for every minus one point you don't fill up if you draft this card actually it's plus one point so and you draft like columns so you have to really kind of optimize what column you're taking Mm-hmm. or instead of drafting a column this round, I'm going to draft a row of cards, which is one extra card. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I mean, the choices in it were really interesting and really fun. I'm not the best when it comes to like spatial figuring it out. Uh-huh. Like fitting all the shapes into one spot is not my strong suit, mm-hmm. but adding the different ways of scoring really made it interesting for me um, rather than just optimize the shapes. And, yeah. but it's like, okay, now optimize how you are going to score this game mm-hmm. that really elevated it to the next level. So very cool. that, that was explore and draw, which was really fun. Yeah. Also it comes with like each player gets, I think six different color markers. Okay. So that's always fun. Yeah. So instead markers. of like doing like symbols, you get the different colors. So <laughs> <laughs> how fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Ooh, which one? Okay. Okay. Never mind. I'm adding a. Well, no, I'm not adding a new game. We've already talked about this game. I get. I did get to meet with Dave Beck from Distilled, the okay. designer of Distilled and the owner of Paverson Games. Yeah. Which I pronounced it Paverson last time, so I'm sorry, Dave. Um, <laughs> but so, got to see the retail copy of Distilled, which looks incredible. It, I like the the production quality is top yeah. tier. So I'm I'm excited to get that one back to the table. Yeah. Uh. The next one that I want to talk to, we're, I feel like this is like the rapid fire on ESPN. Like you get 60 seconds to talk about all of your topics. Go, 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 Yeah, go. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but following that up with, if you want to know more about any of these games, 
you can find those on Instagram or on the Board Ventures YouTube. So mm-hmm. this is kind of like the the teaser for it. Yeah. The the next one is actually a reprint of a game, and it's Stonemeyer's newest game. So it's called Libertalia. Okay. And so we played this with Alex Schmidt, who's been on the podcast mm-hmm. before, and then Joe, uh, who is um, also a Stonemeyer employee. Mm. And so this is a new game from Stonemeyer, which is a revamp of an older game. Yeah. But it is a it's a really cool design. I it's not my favorite type of game. I enjoyed the game, but it's not like a game that I would read the synopsis and be like, yeah, that one. Yeah. But even after playing it, I was like, yeah, that was a lot of fun. You get a deck of 40 cards and each one of the cards is a unique action. Okay. And what you'll do is you'll have one person shuffle up their deck of cards and draw six cards. Then every other player takes those six cards from their deck. So everyone has the same six card hand okay of actions and then basically how ever high your action is determines how late you get to go in the round but then how early you get to go in like the second phase of the round which determines what, like what treasure you get is a pirate themed game okay and so it was crazy cutthroat um <laughs> and we played on and we played on the pacifist side so <laughs> there's two sides of the board and one side is more cutthroat and i was like that just seems chaotic yeah but it, it was so much fun. The Meg's favorite part of the entire week was while playing that game. So she was sitting next to me, and then McKay was sitting to her right. They each had an action card that said, you can steal a treasure from one of your neighbors. Mm-hmm. And they're, the treasures all scored differently, and, but there's one that's like you get multiple points if it's in a set. Okay. Um, and so he could steal from Meg... And Meg was going after him. So he could steal from Meg or he could steal from Joe and mm-hmm. Meg could steal from me. And it would just be like, okay, like we're, you know, we both win. And he's like, do you want to do that? And Meg's like, yeah. And so he takes from Joe and she just like reaches over and just takes it from, right from the K. <laughs> 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 and McKay's like, that's when I realized I could not trust you. Like, <laughs> she goes, I don't know why you ever thought you could. So, but I mean, it it just led to so many laughs. Yeah, and it, it's one of those that if that sounds like your type of game, I think it would be a a home run for for anyone who likes that kind of cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, get in there and get the victory by yeah. putting others down. Yeah, I mean, it was for your it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And then the last game that I wanted to talk about was Soulforge Fusion. So this is a new game designed by Richard Garfield and Justin Gary. So those names may sound familiar to you. So Justin Gary is the designer of Ascension, which mm. is one of which is the deck builder that we all know and love. And then Richard Garfield did Magic: The Gathering, so yeah. he's he's kind of important. Yeah. Kind uh, of <laughs> but this game feels to me like a Keyforge mixed with a Smash Up. And okay. So Keyforge, you buy a unique deck and it's, well, they lost the algorithm, so it's no longer like a thing. But yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, you would buy like a pack of cards and that is a unique deck to you that you can then play and then sit down at a tournament and play. Mm-hmm. This game is, takes that similar idea, but you take two decks and shuffle them together. So Smash Up is that that concept where you take two different factions, shuffle them together. Yep. And then it's it's kind of like a it's a head on head magic style kill 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 the other person's commander. Yeah. But it it was cool. So whenever you played a card, there are three tiers of cards, and you start with level one cards. Whenever you play a card, 
you then take the level two version of that card and put it in your discard pile. Oh, cool. And then whenever that card leaves play, it gets trashed. There's these fun decisions that come into play. It's like, okay, do I want to upgrade my level two to a level three and go with like the high, you know, really powerful cards? Or do I want to just try and upgrade as many level ones as I want right. and run with like this level two deck? And depending on your, uh, I, I'm just going to call it a commander. I don't remember the correct terminology for it. Dictates that like you want it to be a long game. Do you want it to be a short game? Do you want all of these things and like yep. what factions play together and what decks play together? It's just like, it was really good. It, yeah. was, it was really cool. It, it was just a lot of fun to play. I know that it was on Kickstarter and it's coming to retail, and they're looking to make it a like a a, a tournament scene type game. Oh, cool! And so, if if that is interesting to you, it it's a pretty low barrier to entry because you don't have to go buy the best cards, and you can't buy a rare and put it into your deck. Like that's not how the game works. Yeah, right. You you have to take two pre-constructed decks and shuffle them together now there are going to be decks that are better than other decks Mm -hmm. and that's just how the game works but all you have to do is buy one box and i think it comes with like four decks and you shuffle them together and you're off to the races right yeah so it's it's a really easy approachable game in that sense Mm -hmm. and it was also just like some really interesting unique mechanics so yeah if if that sounds interesting to you definitely check it out yeah and i think it comes from like you said two two (laughs) well-trusted Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like. Yeah. They. They. They know what they're doing for so. sure. <sighs> you covered yeah, a so lot Origins in that come... like week, man. I. Oh my goodness, it was insane. There was so much more too. Yeah. Like we, you know, we we live streamed Flux, which is a chaotic game. We, but they just put out like the Chaos version, which is okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Flux is already chaotic, and then it's like, hey, here's the chaotic version. It's like, oh double my goodness, down. It, it, double down on it. Yeah. But there, Castles by the Sea by Brotherwise Games was something. I mean, just there's so many cool games coming out, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like that's just the nature of this industry is that there's always going to be cool games coming out. Yeah, but it's always like exciting to hear about them. I for think, sure. So for sure, but. for sure. And I'm glad you got that kind of like perspective, right? It's sort of like this: we're hobbyists, right? Like this yeah. isn't our industry, but it's cool to hear from like kind of the big kids on the block right like it's, it's sort of like <laughs> the grown-ups are talking yeah. you know? <laughs> right <laughs> like these are the people that actually right. do it um yeah and have like a very very real and important perspective and and so it's just right. cool that you got to kind of like soak that up a little bit as a yeah and and you know we were honored just to be invited as like to partake in the as a media presence you know yeah it, so. it, it was a it was a great experience yeah so i was sad i couldn't it, go yeah, you know, I wanted to, but <laughs> um, but I'm glad you got to go and represent us because it, it's yeah. a cool takeaway for sure. If there are any questions that you have, reach out to us. I probably the best place to do that is Instagram or the Discord. So mm-hmm. come hang out, come ask questions. We'll we'll talk about everything that we can't talk about, and we'll talk about more when we can talk about it. So yeah, <laughs> we'll we'll just we'll just throw that out there. Uh, <laughs> We're like less than happy to be you half as well as you deserve. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Oh man, that's great. So yeah, come come talk to us on uh, Instagram, Discord, any of that. Like we are running a little bit long for what we like the firesides to be, so we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. We'll probably talk about more here in the upcoming future, but thanks for hanging out. We are kind of going through a pretty busy time in both of our lives, like your you know, mm-hmm. getting married or something, I don't recall. <laughs> um <laughs> 
um, I, I'm moving and doing a lot of travel and all of that stuff. So we're trying to get these out as frequently as possible. But yeah. In, so in the meantime, we'll, we appreciate the patience. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We appreciate the patience. I yeah. like that. And that's why uh, <laughs> some some of these might run a little bit long for that reason, because we have a little more yeah. to catch up on. But That's fair. Yep. Yeah. But we still enjoy but it. And we're I, still planning to do it. So there will be content yeah. coming. You just maybe have to be a little patient for it. <laughs> yep, exactly. So. But it's great talking with you as always. And until next time, cheers, buddy. Cheers. Cheers.